0: Hello there, friends, foes, and those I'm indifferent about. It's Chappie, your British butler. It's Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese. And I've already looked it up. It's episode 92. So I'm already ahead of the game. Um, I'm freshly spruced and caboosed. uh, So I'm... uh, This is probably the freshest and... uh, I mean, I really, really have scrubbed uh, down everywhere... And I've decided that the old Barbasol shaving foam that really smells like a 1950s barber, you, you know, almost expect sort of pinups on the wall as you leave the shower, uh, because that's how old school it smells. Uh, and I've actually gone back to Old Spice, not the aftershave. I'd never, I would never ruin anybody's day by uh, putting, on, uh, putting on any sort of uh, old-fashioned 1950s aftershave. But no, the Old Spice um, shampoo is uh, is uh, is wondrous, really. A little bit of tea tree oil in there, and with the shaving foam, it really does sort of raise you from uh, droopy eyelid syndrome slumber, however you want to call it. So I mean, it's been uh, it's been a, a awakening for me this morning, um, and it's been it's been roasting hot here. I mean, the sort of hot where as last summer I. Uh, decided to fry a couple of eggs on the uh, outside of the house on the pavement on the sidewalk on the path um, that that's how hot it's been so i'm really having to get to you early with a podcast when it's as hot as this because the butler's nook it gets a little bit clammy a little bit steamy a little hot under the collar to uh, record a podcast I mean, some say my, my best, probably my most sultry work uh, could be done under those conditions. You know, high up in the, butler, in the butler's nook and, uh, you know, with, with, with nothing but uh, my humor and a smile, so to speak. Uh, maybe, maybe sort of light linen shirt. I mean, I did talk about the wet bathrobe last week where it does keep you cool. And that's the whole thing. I, I, I find if you have a quick shower and you're sort of dripping wet... For quite a while, you, you feel quite cold, and that's not a bad feeling, especially when you're incredibly tired on the podcast. Now, I'm one of these insane people, an expat uh, Englishman, who gets up super early to watch the cricket. But the trouble is, my body clock hasn't yet adjusted to the four o'clock wake-up time. I'm waking up even earlier than that. So, I mean, I was awake at one, two this morning, uh, sort of texted with my mother um yeah that's how rock and roll I am I text with my mother at one or two in the morning (laughs) telling her what I've had to eat um how boiled the eggs were yesterday morning for breakfast that type of thing really really fascinating really fascinating stuff there uh coming from deepest darkest countryside in in the UK uh but yeah I mean I I feel quite tired this morning, so the the, uh, the whole sort of old spice invigorating tea tree uh, is, a, is a relief. Um, and, and I'm recording super early. I mean, there's probably foxes roaming around outside, badgers, some, you know, rodents, uh, creatures of the night, basically. The sun is coming up, though, so, you know, it's uh, the, the, there's a slight crack of the sun across the yard arm this morning. Um, and that's, you know, I decided to, to crawl up into my uh, into my recording studio perch the butler's nook uh, to do this podcast for you uh, today and we have one tomorrow we we have uh, we have podcasts uh, scattered all over the weekend today and tomorrow um for your uh, audio delectation and delight and hopefully uh, it'll cool you down uh, i know it's hot in the uk as well everybody's going nuts everybody's packing it in everybody uh, is getting a little bit too close to each other about as close as I am to this microphone right now. So uh, let, uh, let this show, let this program, Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese wash over you. I know you wouldn't expect it. You expect cauliflower cheese to be you know, high carb, a little bit lumpy, very cheesy, very thick. I mean, all of those qualities that I should not be made into a t-shirt and wear every day. Uh, but that is the essence of the show. So enjoy a long, hopefully hot weekend together with your dear butler host chappy. I think the essence of the show today is just keeping cool. However you can. Um, for me, it's recording the podcast early. I, I, do, I do have a, almost like a, a, a producer in the background, sort of unknowingly. Uh, my, my dearest mother, um, she just sent me a text letting me know that uh, my Benny Hill on the bike uh, Instagram post from probably two o'clock this morning is going down a storm. It's a hit. All this sort of slightly awkward, unpolitically correct British humour that I've decided to start posting. Um, you know, it's, it's a, little, a little bit not quite au fait. Um, it's um, a little bit from a bygone age. But an old man being chased by a bunch of nurses and old people in an old people's home, uh, speeded up on a bike, doing wheelies, uh, doing uh, little bunny hops down the stairs is always gonna be funny, whatever the year, whatever the generation, it's always gonna be amusing. So maybe I've got some millennials and Generation Xs introduced to Benny Hill. You know, that's what I used to, I mean, I'm sure people watching Sesame Street when they were younger, but maybe part of my problem is my grandfather was uh, introducing me to Benny Hill and the Carry On movies at an early age. And that's what I was watching when I probably should have been watching Sesame Street. God bless Granddad Frank. Um, but on the show today, on the show today, we have some more suburban suburban minor crimes uh, on our feature. We have Bigfoot roaming, bear roaming. Um, as I said, you know, with the Old Spice uh, situation and the old-fashioned uh, shaving foam, I think maybe I'm turning into an old man. Uh, but we have an old man reference on the show a little bit later, something to discuss. Um the do you or don't you mask etiquette that everybody's having at the moment along the same uh, thing with masks. Uh, do we have a solution to the whole age old problem of bad breath? I know we talked about coffee versus tea breath, you know, a short timing, a short time ago, a few couple of weeks ago. So it wasn't, it uh, wasn't that long ago, but, um, you know, a couple of, a couple of ideas to cure that whole situation here. Um, also mysterious newspapers turning, uh, turning chewed up. um, uh, you know, we always talk about meditation and uh, getting into that Zen-like state. I think cricket can get you into that Zen-like state. And we'll be talking about that maybe today, maybe tomorrow, maybe in the future. Um, also, as I said earlier, people like the Instagram visuals. Um, delving into that. A lot of people beginning to follow me on Instagram here. Fantastic Wookie Cookies. Love it. Talking about that later on. Um, also the uh, the whole fascination with uh, hidden video cameras or maybe not so hidden nest ring everything else is almost like uh, we have a, uh, a uh, an, I don't know what we're calling this the teenies are we well it's not the teenies anymore the twenties. Anyway, anyway um, 2021's answer to America's funniest home video or a candid camera or whatever you want to say is the ring is the nest everything else along those lines as well uh sort of a bit of an instagram flavor today um you know every all these influencers, everybody who posts these wonderful pictures of places they've been you know what they did in the pandemic when they didn't have those pictures to post uh we'll be looking at that as well drivers asked to download splatter app to help monitor insect numbers the victorian urge to purge is never fully erased uh mediterranean faces months of 50 degrees people Turn up the air conditioning, get on the linens, get on the banana hammocks, show those cheeks off. It's going to be hot out there this summer, apparently. Uh, TikTok fad leads to call for magnets ban, uh, bold blue burglars that aren't easily foiled, Berlin Lobster on menu to solve pet crisis. Um, also, the uh, young ditch bourgeois wine for cider. I, mean, I always fancy a little cup of, t- you know, a cup of a, a cup of, a goblet of wine, so to speak. Um, nutritionists share what they eat for breakfast. Are we going to listen to them? Um, and also, what actually science is saying about turmeric? And we always talk about turmeric. Is it, is it the solution of all ills, or is it, uh, is it just a, a little bit of a fad? Well, the scientists are giving our, uh, their opinions on the whole situation. Uh, what booze gives you the worst hangover? Uh, much, much, much more. Trumple trombone, uh, a Victorian education and etiquette. Uh, we also have um, maybe another enigmatic English eccentric habit, historical Tinder, coming up over the next couple of podcasts this weekend. Oh, it's a fun packed, show packed, vacuum packed, just to get rid of all the moisture type of show. So, drivers are being asked to download Splatter app to help monitor insect numbers. It may not be much consolation but insects that die as they squashed on car number plates over the summer may be helping to save the species scientists are appealing to the public to download a new splatometer app that counts bugs squashed on cars for a project to determine the numbers of small insects the software created by the group of wildlife trusts and charity bug life will act as a census for creatures near the bottom of the food chain uh, they uh, hope that citizen scientists will use the app to f- uh, photograph any bugs found squashed on number plates after a journey. After downloading the app, which has been designed by the Kent Gwent Essex Somerset Wildlife Trust in the UK, users were asked to clean their number plate before a drive. On reaching their destination of the plate, placing a special grid against it called the splatometer, uh, drivers then submit the details in a photo with the results becoming part of a nationwide survey. It sounds almost stomach churning, doesn't it? The uh, study, which will run between June to August, is based on the windscreen phenomenon, a term given to the observation that people f- tend to find fewer insects in the windscreens of their cars compared to previous years. I mean, that's what they always say back in the 70s, the baby boomers, are Oh, yeah, back in my day, uh, we had hornets. Uh, hornets crushed on the car. Uh, we had dragonflies, uh, hummingbirds, um, uh, woolly mammoths, uh, uh, pterodactyls. Uh, they all crushed on the windscreen. Don't have that anymore. It's uh, global warming for you. Well, m- May probably what it is indeed there is an evidence that insect decline on global scale is caused by habitat loss and pesticides although the scientists have suggested insect populations are in crisis only butterflies and moss have been monitored in enough detail to allow trends to be fully understood the experiment is an evolution of earlier studies by the Royal Society for Protection of Birds in 2004 and the Wildlife Trust in 2019 uh used a transparent film to cover number plates. I mean, criminals are doing that all the time, aren't they? Uh, hiding their number plates. Uh, many people remark on not having clean bug spats on their car windscreens as much as they did back 20 or 30 years ago. Back in my day, uh, said Andrew Whitelife of Bug Life. The, f- uh, the failing and falling abundance of flying insects should be a concern to everybody, as these uh, essential creatures are quite simply the small things that run the world. He added that the study uh, will help us better understand the health of our insect populations and our environment. So I noticed on a, a corporate video, uh, it was sort of the uh, uh, virtual reality or a virtual edition of uh, the worldwide uh, Butler's uh, Nook Emporium get together. It normally happens in in, in, in public face to face uh, uh You know, or starch collar to starch collar, I suppose. Um, But uh, yeah, so you normally meet up, show the best way to clean the brass, polish the silver, get those crisp lines in all your shirts and trousers, uh, how to tie a bow tie, uh, what to do with a fish knife, all of that, you know, the the worldwide butler emporium that we have. Um, And um, I've I've noticed amongst some of the older butler fraternity, the... uh, the short trouser leg too short really extra long black sock at least it's not white as a white sock I suppose and the orthopedic shoes but when they're sitting down the the trouser leg goes up to almost the knee the socks pulled up you know a fair amount but there is a little bit of very white leg showing you know very white leg Um, and then you have the orthopedic black shoes that are so wide uh, you're never going to topple over in them, basically. I mean, they, 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 they could support uh, probably uh, African or Indian elephant. If that if that fear of that toppling over, if you need elephant shoes, old men orthopedic black shoes that are probably not true leather are the way to go forward, I would say, uh, if, you, if you're training elephants to walk in shoes. So, you know, a lot of these uh, older older guys with the short trousers and the long sock. Now, I think I might be turning into an old fart myself. I mean, I'm back using the old spice again. Again, shampoo, not not, not the aftershave. As much as the aftershave is great for a man of a certain age. Probably the man who has the long sock with a white leg, uh, little gap, um, and the the very short trousers. Uh, That's the sort of thing. But I'm I'm hoping I'm not getting to that stage. But I do wear quite a short trouser. But the reason I wear a short trouser, uh, satorily anyway, is I like to show off my very colourful socks, maybe with donuts on, maybe with Corkies, maybe with uh, the Beef Eater as stands outside the Buckingham Palace. All of those. I mean, Carnaby Sock Company is a wondrous place if you want to get British socks. The Carnaby Sock Company is the place to go. Um, if you if you if you love a well-made sock with uh, all the Britishisms on it, then that's the way forward. But I I, I do uh, maybe I'm moving towards Old Man Syndrome, Old Fart Syndrome. By having the, the shorter trouser leg. But by God, I'm not going to put on those orthopedic shoes. Welcome along, Suburban Crime Center. Chappy here. And we have some more very serious first world problems, suburban crimes. Whoever's putting googly eyes on random stuff at Target better stop. Please be my friend. Lots of people finding this incredibly hilarious. Pictures of men advertising, cooking on grills at Home Depot also have the googly eyes. Off subject. Thank you for saving my son's wrist when he broke it in baseball. We'll never forget you. Isn't next door just fantastic? Uh, Some people not getting it. She was being facetious. Hence the LOL. I think it's great. I love the googly eyes too. The googly eyes are the way forward. Oh, come on. This is friggin' hilarious. You must be a hoot. Stickers come off, pay extra money for the box of gravy, extra money for the googly eyes. Oh, yes. For my daughter's birthday, I snuck into her bathroom late at night and put googly eyes on everything. That was five years ago. She has them on most things now. Googly eyes are a trend. I can't believe this would bother anybody. I went home last July for my dad's 70th, over the weekends my sister and I hit googly eyes on everything, teapot, vacuum cleaner, food in the pantry, photos in the wall and all the knickknacks had googly eyes on it. Back in the suburban crime centre, beware of the peeping Tom. I just came home from meeting and found this peeping Tom sitting on my window ledge and looking at the window. He jumped off the ledge after seeing the flash from my cell phone camera so the crisis was averted just wanted the neighbors to be aware and keep eyes out for this sketchy guy i have a fence sitter as well great exercise for my little dog as he sprints back and forth on the patio trying to catch him yes unfortunately my three cods would argue with me and the fox he chewed a hole in my screen door all he was looking for was grape nuts we have a similar fella that loves to shout to our dog he, he barks at the dog and the bark dogs bark back has happened to me more than once you're not alone whoops, me and my family feed the peeping Tom peanuts. He comes to the door, we open it and hand feed them peanuts. So we're all reaching the sort of do you or don't you mask etiquette at the moment. We're all sort of re-entering into society. with our on trusty mask still at our side. But some people are wearing, some people are not vaccinated, some people aren't vaccinated. Some people who are vaccinated are still wearing the mask. Some people uh, who are vaccinated are wearing the mask. But the whole thing is, it's almost like a, a pair of earrings you don't want anymore. Not that I would ever wear any earrings, but it sort of hangs around your ear sometimes, but you're not quite sure to put it on or put it off. But I implore you, the listener, to keep calm and cauliflower cheese, that maybe the way forward is to, uh, to, to keep the mask on as you offer and deliver your morning interactions with any co-workers or people in the grocery store. If you haven't had a chance to pop a piece of gum in or clean the gnashes, so you still got that coffee breath that we talked about as well, the coffee breath, more acidic, more nasty than the tea breath. Keep Keep the mask on for a little bit. If you haven't done your morning tongue scraping, keep the mask on, you know. So the first thing up, you have the mask on. If you haven't have a, a you know chance to pop in an Altoid or an extra strong mint that my grandma grandmother used to, to have, my nan, And uh, she always had a packet of arth- after you know um, of extra strong mints, not after eight mints. That would be decadent, wouldn't it? If your grandmother carries around a handbag of after in those uh, petit envelopes, you know. Uh, but yeah, so that's uh, that. That I think this could be the way forward. As we talk about the new norm, the new norm would be not being smothered by coffee breath or tea breath in the morning. And the mask could help with that. You know, if you're in a rush, you have to say your morning morning hellos and greetings before you pop in a, a mint or a piece of chewing gum. The mask could save you from that, save you from the embarrassment of how bad your stinky insipid breath is in the morning. So we have the Victorian's urge to purge and it's never fully arrived. Uh, We've moved on from uh, censorious prudery of the past, but the language police are forever ready with their red pens. When H.G. Little, Robert Scott published the Dictionary of Ancient Greek and Intermediate Greek uh, English lexicon in 1889, they clothed the words for certain activities in euphemism in the belief that the direct translation would be too crude for the delicate sensibility of young Victorians uh, promising to spare blushes. The verb shizo originally translated to ease oneself, to do oneself, is uh, obviously, uh, you know, when you go into the bathroom to uh, do your business. Um, but, uh, you know, it, translated these days, it's a lot cruder. Um, and uh, and uh, Binio was formerly to koi of illicit intercourse. And we obviously now know the term that's used today. The reason for this back to basic Greek is, of course, that we no longer are prudish victorians but closer to the ancient greeks in our willingness to describe sex and bodily functions without squeamishness and yet we live in the age of trigger warnings when certain words are increasingly deemed unacceptable and passages from written text are highlighted or expurgated lest they upset the innocent reader. The uh, victorian desire to fumigate language and and, uh, literature was conservative in instinct. Uh, prompted by the fear that young minds would become corrupt unless words and books were properly policed. Today's uh, expurgiators, expugiators tend to come from the left, demanding the removal of words deemed offensive to specific groups. Uh, but whether the object of censorship is the King James Bible or Huckleberry Finn, uh, outwardly prudish Victorians might not want to write the word sex, uh, but they're obsessed with the, uh, with the whole activity of it. Um, in The Republic, Plato warned that immoral literature might encourage sin amongst the young, uh, but he got a taste of his own medicine when his Victorian translator Benjamin Jowlett uh, basically took the red pen to uh, all of his works. Um, the early 19th century doctor Thomas Baldler edited Shakespeare to remove anything that could raise a blush in the cheeks of modesty, cutting one tenth of the Bard's words, turning high poetic art into bland family entertainment, and earning himself Uh, uh, his own verb basically Um, in the uh, Baudelaire's family Shakespeare Romeo and Juliet do not have sex before marriage and Ophelia's death is an accident such perceived indelicacies are belly and grunt and they were erased uh, along with any words that might excite unwanted passion such as the thigh Um, I mean the King James Bible is a cracking weed packed with uh, harlotry, fornication adultery, sodomy, honorism uh, Victorian censors got around the problem by placing such passages as in an appendix or between square brackets so the clerics reading aloud in church might skip over them to prevent moral uh, contamination of the flock. Uh, George Orwell saw it coming, Chaucer, Shakespeare, Milton, Byron, they exist only in new speak versions and that's exactly what's happened. Uh, but at least in the days of the expletive deleted have gone. Today we can tolerate just about any expletive because to put it delicately nobody gives a bionicest thug i tried a little experiment this week on instagram it's uh, keep calm and cauliflower collie collie tower the colored hair cheese cauliflower cheese cauliflower um, cheese i tried a little experiment in the week on instagram uh, it's keep calm cauliflower cheese on instagram at keep cheese on twitter and uh, they they're my handles not my love handles but my uh, social media handles uh, but anyway so I try to look you know I, I post nonsense cartoons pictures dog pictures uh, some hidden pictures of me because I mean I don't want to uh, it's it's sort of like I, I'm like a prince hidden in the beasts body in uh, in, in in like uh, beauty and the beast I mean lots of bells out there uh, you know feel that you could bring the bring the beast to the prince's body and uh g- you know given the giving the move given the tiptoe evolution towards the prince's body but i don't want to i don't want to fear people of the beast here you know i i am a like a clean shaven sasquatch basically and i know bigfoot and sasquatch get a lot of mentions on the show here but i tried to introduce a, a little bit of old-fashioned british humour. so i did the two ronnies we had the phantom raspberry blur of old london town uh, sort of a, almost a Jack the Ripper type of guys in a cloak, running up and down, uh, releasing uh, excess uh, ga- uh, gas, trumping, you know, whatever you want to call it. Um, got a lot of views. A lot of the youngsters and some of the oldsters uh, really was loving the Phantom Raspberry Blower. They also loved, 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 loved Benny Hill. Benny Hill. Uh... He was on a bike, uh, yakety sack, doing little uh, bunny hops up and down, and uh, people are just loving this. I mean, looking at the looking at the looking at the views here, a lot of these people seem younger. I mean, I'm not profiling or anything like that, but seem a bit younger. So I'm introducing Gen Zs and the millennials to the wonders of Benny Hill, the inappropriate, unpolitically correct wonders of Benny Hill. You know. As I said, old man being chased by a bunch of nurses and, and, and old people from an old people's home with Zimmer frames, sped up, uh, doing wheelies, doing things that old men probably can't do on bikes. A lot of old men anyway, not this old man anyway, where I actually have discovered that I walk quicker than I bike. Uh, but people are loving it. They're lapping it up. I mean, they love my little mini clips of the podcast. They love the pictures. But by far, by far. The, uh, the, the little co- little comedic silliness of 1970s and 80s British humor that you know had a knowing wink a little bit of innuendo but never did anybody any arm never do any arm sir bits and bobs anyway so that's the uh, th- that's what I've been trying it really has worked but by far by far and I think we need to reevaluate whoever Whoever says that Connery was the best Bond. I've had so many views of the picture that I put up. It was a gif of uh, Roger Moore and the Persuaders. He was dressed in yellow trousers, a blazer, a lovely ascot cravat, beautifully coiffured hair, and he was raising up a champagne glass, sitting at a table with a Union Jack tablecloth, a bottle of champagne next to him, and, and it almost looked like a, a whole charcuterie board from Italian restaurant next to him and he's raising a glass here's to the weekend here's to the bank holiday weekend and it got so many views i mean so i think i think roger moore is coming back in fashion i think slightly naughty inappropriate 1970s 80s british humor is also coming back into fashion so there we go i give to you this unpc, slightly naughty british humor and i'm going to keep posting it and we're going to see how things do and i'm sure somebody at some point is going to say, why have you got an old man being, being run around by young women and old people from an old people's home? At that point, I may reevaluate it and then start posting pictures of me in Majorca or London or Paris or up the Eiffel Tower or taking a snapshot with a Golden Gate Bridge behind me. So the young and ditching bourgeois wine for cider. Cider was long dismissed in France as a cheap beverage fit only for those unable to afford a bottle of wine. Now cider makers are set to challenge the supremacy of clarets and burgundies after their produce have been served in Michelin-starred restaurants. Jean-Francois Beaujean, the chairman of uh, Cider Expo an Online Cider Fair said the uh, drink was winning over the young city dwellers who have come to view wine as bourgeois drink out of step with the modern world there is a, a fundamental trend with covid a change of areas that younger restaurants and bistro clients want something other than bourgeois cuisine and drinks cider expo said that on a website that cider had become so fashionable that some winemakers were producing it such as stephanie uh, de in the loire valley or demand de gotra vineyard in beaujolais which sells a fermented apple and grape beverage for 44 36 euros for three bottles. The website quoted Vincent Andre and Emmanuel Menard, wine shop owners in Normandy, the cider capital, saying we want to place cider on the same level as wine. Uh, Bourgeon said the trend among chefs was to uh, serve local food and drink in apple growing regions such as Normandy, Brittany and the Basque Country. This meant serving cider. Jean-Luc Tatran, who has a restaurant with two Michelin stars in Le Havre, Normandy, said he uh, had eight ciders on his menu and strove to highlight them from the beginning of the meal. He told Raste France that the uh, regional newspaper, if I want diners to continue the meal with cider, the first glass must surprise them. Even wine waiters are being converted. Paz Leveson, the renowned Argentinian sommelier who chooses bottles for Anne-Sophie Pique, The French chef with three Michelin stars was asked by Le Figaro to pick five of her favorite drinks. Along with wines and craft beer, she chose Brittany Craft Cider called The Accident. I like its fruity freshness, she said, adding that it was ideal for those who would like cider to be close to the world of fine wine. Now, cider is one of those things uh, that I haven't had very often. But when I have had it on a hot day, you have to be incredibly careful. Keep that bottle chilled. Because I've seen people, um, I've seen cricketers drink cider that was left on the outfield by the boundary that was warmed up and fermented. And guess what? It warms up and ferments in your belly too. And you talk about the accident, that cider that, that, that's just been released. Well, that's exactly what would happen in the outfield. But you would have your cricket whites on. So it wouldn't be a very pleasant experience. So keep the ice, apple cider chilled. And you'll have yourself a delif- delicious delicious summer beverage. So, a little bit of uh, culinary uh, advice here that I saw in the week that was very, very interesting. I mean, I think people saw me posting the uh, Full English Breakfast, which got some, like, churned stomach looks, some absolute delight with saliva dripping off their mouths and tongues. Uh, but there we go. You know, the Full English Breakfast is, is a... Um, It's a sight to behold and not everybody's taste, especially when you add the uh, black or white pudding. The one thing you should always do when making fried eggs though. The first thing many people learn about cooking eggs in a skillet or frying pan, use the low heat. Take scrambled eggs. Cooked over a low heat, they turn out magically creamy. The gorgeousness, sunny yellow French omelette is only achieved by cooking over the tiniest flame. And fried eggs, you probably heard you should use a low heat for them too, until the whites set and the yolks start to solidify. We're not going to get into the whole runny yolk debate again. I'm sure we will again in the future. But I'm here to turn the rules of fried eggs on their head. Save your low heat for scrambled eggs and omelets and blast fried eggs over medium high heat. Welcome to the 2000s, baby. This is how many chefs, uh, recipe developers and food stylists, the people whose job it is to make food look gorgeous for photo shoots, cook their fried eggs today. The reason is simple. The golden brown lacy edge is so crisp and irresistible that they're like potato chips. Uh, let's just rewind a little bit. Here's what happens when you cook fried eggs over a low heat. You end up with a gelatinous white. Um, it, 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 that almost sounds like a, uh, a rap song. Uh, for some, the familiarity is palatable and totally fine. I'm not yucking your yum for everybody else's sake who's intrigued. But here's how you make fried eggs. Start off by heating a non-stick skillet over medium high heat then add a generous glug of olive oil or a big pat of butter whatever you want enough that it not only covers the bottom of the pan but also would pull if you tilted the pan crack the eggs you'll notice that instead of spreading out and merging with the neighbors into one giant multi-yolk egg as fried eggs typically won't do that those eggs set to perfect distinct ovals that's because the heated skillet immediately starts to cook them now season the eggs with salt and pepper and a little bit of red pepper flakes maybe. Step back and let them cook. The egg whites will probably make a very loud spluttery noises. Be careful, you could have a burned eyeball. As they cook, it's okay. Instead of cooking in a smooth layer, they bubble up in the places when the edges look quite golden brown. Tilt the pan and spoon up some oil over the tops of the eggs and onto the egg yolks. Repeat several times, the hot oil will help cook and set the egg yolks. Again, controversial, but don't let them set too much. You want a little bit of that runny, honey. So welcome along to Trump or trombone, where we take some of the uh, probably mindless, stupidest, funniest, awful, heinous headline crimes of the week, and we equate them to a Trump or a raspy trombone. Anyway, so crowds left bemused as man shouts missing dog's unfortunate name in public. A man left crowds of people bemused after he shouted his dog's unusual name in public and only realized this error as everybody stopped to stare at him. The man who shared his story anonymously went away to the Lake District with his partner and the in-laws and took his dog, River, along for the walk. But River ran out uh, coincidentally along a river, so the man went out to go and find the dog and stood on the rock shouting his name in a theatrical fashion. He shouted for at least one minute and he stood shouting, River! 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 River, as everybody around him no idea what he was doing and why he was doing it currently holidaying in lake district we were on a cycle trail along a river which goes along a number of bridges we came to the area we down to the river really idyllic with my in-laws and my brother-in-law and everybody else my dog river heads downstream obviously as a scent of something after a few minutes you can barely see her in the distance she's not coming to the whistle so I go and stand on a prominent rock and shout her name in a shakespearean fashion river River, alas, poor river, I knew who, Horatio, fine fellow of jest and pure, indeed, majesty. If he wanted to get more theatrical, though, he could have called the hound babbling brook uh, or ornamental water feature. And a three-year-old girl has been labored the smartest kid in the whole world after making a very specific request for a Lion King birthday cake with a devious motive. Twitter user Casey Faye posted pictures to say her niece Leona had turned three and asked for a birthday cake in the theme of the classic Disney film. But rather than requesting Simba being uh, held proudly over a pride rock or cuddling up to Nala, Leona wanted the cake to show in detail the moment Scar plunges Mufasa to his death in front of his son. Explaining a thought process behind it, decision Casey wrote my niece turned three today she asked for the Lion King cake but specifically the moment when Mufasa dies because everybody will be too sad to eat the cake and it'll be all for me. It's next Uh, a cake with Bambi and the hunter on it or maybe uh, a ratatouille made out of the cartoon rat. And a mum has spoken about her moaning neighbour after they complained that she was throwing up too loudly. An anonymous post on Reddit, the woman who lives in an apartment building, explained that since falling pregnant, she's experienced a lot of morning sickness with an occasion causes us to throw up multiple times a day. She said, my neighbor knocked on my door and said that she could uh, could hear my loud puking all the time. And she had a gas reflex when she hears people throwing up. She said it almost uh, she almost throws up when she hears me. So the neighbor asked us to run water, play music and turn on a bathroom fan, but she's sick. I'm in my first trimester and I haven't even told my family I'm pregnant yet. So I didn't really want to share that with my neighbor. But it seems like she's implying that I purposely make myself vomit So I felt that I had to explain that I'm indeed pregnant. Um, I think in uh, this lady's case, uh, the neighbour, it's a severe case of morning prickness. It's been lovely having you here for the podcast today. As I said, uh, the sun is beginning to rise. Uh, All of the night animals have gone and exited back to their dwellings. Um, and uh, this has been Chappie on a Friday, uh, early June. It's lovely to, to have you here. It's a beautiful summer's day. Uh, we, do, uh, we do like to uh, have on the Spotify version, it's like a musical butler emporium. It's like me spinning my discs in the butler's nook for you. Um, and you can listen to the soundtrack. Some of it, uh, you know, is like a rich tapestry explaining my thought process and some of it's just bloody random. Uh, but you can listen to that. And then obviously all across the audio versions as well. Um, uh, you know, if you just want to listen to the uh, audio nonsensical ramblings of a, uh, you know, slightly pompous butler, that uh, that's where you can listen uh, again on most platforms and uh, if you uh you know you can probably open the window and between you know your neighbor or maybe Oliver the garden and mowing the lawn you can probably hear the podcast playing in the background that's how it is you know it, it's 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 universal it's everywhere um but uh and then you can follow me on instagram as i said earlier at keep coming cauliflower cheese at keep cheese on twitter uh across all those platforms news photos nonsense Uh, funny little videos, all of that uh, are uploaded so you can keep and follow the show in that way. Please like and subscribe. If you're listening to the podcast, like and subscribe. It does help, uh, you know, helps my ego a little bit and uh, helps me get to the place I really want to, which is uh, fandom, emperor kingdom of the whole podcast world. I mean, I I feel if I belly butt Joe Rogan, I may be able to take over his podcast crown. Just saying, that's all. Um, And uh, as always, we're gonna finish with a little ditty, a little poem uh, to uh, usher you into the weekend. Today we have a a classic. Uh, It's part of the poem because the whole thing has different prologues and epilogues and it's quite a long poem, but it's Piers Plowman by William Langland. And you can hear Oliver in the background. Uh, He is actually shirtless today uh, with his old school tie wrapped around his waist, mowing the lawn. That's what you can hear in the background. I I, I try to soundproof everything. I mean, I'm trying everything. I I wrapped a couple of turtlenecks around the microphone today, but you can still hear Oliver in the background. Anyway, in a summer season when soft was the sun, I clothed myself in a cloak as I shepherds were, habit like her hermit, unholy in works, and went wide in the world, wonders to hear. But on a May morning on Malvern Hills, a marvel befell me of fairy methought. I was weary and wandering, and went to the rest under a broad bank by a brookside. And as I lay and leaned over and looked to the waters, I fell into a sleep, for it sounded so merry. Then I began, I dream, a marvellous dream, that I was in a wilderness, wist I not where. As I looked to the east, right into the sun, I saw the tower on the toft worthily built. A deep dale beneath, a dungeon therein, with deep ditches and dark and dreadful of sight, a far field flung of folk, found I in between of all manner of men, the rich and the poor, working and wandering as the world asketh. Some put them to plough and played little enough, at setting and sowing they sweated right hard and won that which wasters by gluttony destroy. Some put them pride and apparelled them themselves so in a display of clothing they came disguised to prayer and penance put themselves many for the love of our lord living hard lives in hope to have heavenly bliss such the anchorites and hermits that kept them in their cells and desired not the county around to roam nor with the luxurious living their body to please they chose trade they fared the better and seemeth to a sight that some men thrive again lovely having you here for the podcast i will be back again same place really squeezed into the butler's nook trying to avoid the heat of the day for you tomorrow for keep calm and cauliflower cheese 92 this has been 91 cheerio for now